Why, hello there. My name is Kenji Dick. And I'm Claudia Duick. And this is Wittenberg Radio. It is January 16th, 2018, and it is episode 111. How are you doing, Claudia? I'm doing well. How are you, Kenji? I'm uh, doing uh, pretty, pretty all right. You know, I was having a conversation with a friend this weekend about Narnia. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and we were talking about which characters we identify with most. And, and it's actually quite an interesting question because... Uh, you know, Narnia kind of has shaped a lot of our childhoods. Uh, the movies or the books, I've read all of them multiple times, and they're always my go-tos when I'm reading for, like, little kids and stuff. Right. Uh, everyone knows Narnia, and everyone knows the characters, and there's, yeah, lovable characters, and there's characters that you kind of hate but also totally get it. It's just a very personable story and a wonderful illustration, I think, of, like, you know, the Bible and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Kenji, I'm curious, who is your favorite character, or maybe like who do you identify with most in the Narnia series? Uh, this is a great question, Claudia. Um, I haven't read the Narnia books in quite a while, to be honest. Actually, last time I remember going through them was when I was a kid, and actually my parents were reading them to me. Um, so it has been a while, and I should actually sit down at some point and read through all of them once again. But I do remember seeing the movie, uh, the first movie from 2005, not mm-hmm. the BBC original film from like the 70s or 80s, um, the 2005 Disney film uh, with, who do you call it, Liam Neeson as Aslan, which was a pretty good casting choice. Uh, so I remember seeing that a couple of years ago. And if there's like any one character I particularly related to in a moment of that film, I don't know if this happened in the book. It was probably with Edmund. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why. When I saw this moment, I was like laughing like so hard and I was like the only one laughing out of a group of people who were watching it um but just this part where Edmund is like at that point he's like been tricked by the queen like now he's being treated like a prisoner and he's like in the ice prison like he's having like deep regrets yeah um and he tries to like I think he tries to drink soup from a bowl but then he realizes it's frozen and he just like then drops the bowl down like quite pathetically yeah I remember like laughing so hard at that I'm like that man is so defeated and like everyone was like wondering like what's so funny about that <laughs> specifically um and maybe in that very moment i related to edmund just like yeah. that utter feeling of like i screwed up i made a massive mistake and like now like everything is hopeless not even the i'm not even gonna get fed properly like this is just like what the heck i don't want to like make this like like too much of a depressing start for this show <laughs> But, but I feel I like I feel like every once in a while we had like those hopeless moments where yeah. it's like unbelievable. Even the smallest things in my life are just like not working out. Right. And like he I don't know. I think we can all relate to, you know, wanting candy and he you know, he submits to the queen, like to the witch. Yeah, yeah. For candy. It makes sense. Like I I don't know. And like he, he tries to he gives it he gives he gives in for like the most childish kind of impulses and right. like and we he can loses all everything as a result. Exactly. And then we've all been at that like you try and drink the soup and it's frozen. You're like, oh my goodness. Like what? Yeah. Like what? what? Yeah. <laughs> nothing. Nothing works what out. What a great answer. Yeah. If I can answer it myself too, mm-hmm. I've always, I love Reap a Cheap. The yeah. mouse or the rat or I oh, forget what yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, 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 yeah. In yeah. the Don Treader. He's classic he's character. Just, yeah. Right, he's the greatest, lovable and kind and sacrificing himself and oh. Just just good good stories. Good stories. Wow. What an insightful little intro. Uh, and with that, let's talk about upcoming events. 
So this upcoming Sunday, January 21st, uh, CMU Vespers will be hosting a monthly service uh, with the conductor Alyssa Weave and John Brubaker will be reading and uh, pianist Verna Weave will be playing as well. This starts at 7 p.m. at the Laud Odd right here on campus. Go to that if you have the time. In sports events, there are many events coming up this weekend. The futsal teams will be playing against Providence Pilots on Friday. Uh, the men play at 6 and the women at 7.30. This is very exciting because the Providence Pilots are kind of our um, rivals if there were such a thing. So you can be extra excited if they win and cheer extra hard for your CMU Blazers. Uh, in terms of volleyball, there are games on the 20th. That's Saturday. Uh, here as well against St. Uh, Boniface at 7.30 the women play and at six the men play this weekend our basketball teams are heading to minnesota to play against the oak hills Wolfpack, so we can cheer them on from here and hopefully you will go to the other sports games and catch the basketball players when they're back uh playing some home games so yeah cheer on your blazers this weekend it should be pretty exciting there's a lot going on another exciting thing that has started happening is a friday afternoon dance club uh it is at three o'clock in the chapel and it is awesome, and you should go if you like dancing or if you don't know how to dance, would like to dance or feel more comfortable dancing. There are some awesome people that are there to encourage you to dance. So go do that. It should be great. Today on the show, we have the pleasure of talking to James Magnus Johnson. He is the director of the new Center for Resilience that is opening this coming April. This is very exciting, and he's the director of it. So we got him on the show to talk about and maybe explain some of these things that are happening on our campus that we don't know about. So welcome here, James. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show. Um, you are also a professor here. Mm -hmm, I should have mm -hmm. said that maybe earlier. But, I uh, teach things, and I do things, things on the fourth floor. Ah, yeah. yes, the fourth floor. Now, yeah. how do I get to the fourth floor is yeah. the first question <laughs> I this have for you. This is such a mystery. I think part of the allure of this is that it's always going to be a bit of a mystery, <laughs> um, or at least for the time being anyway. Uh, you just go up the extra flight of, flight of stairs, eh? Really? Yeah, from the third floor right up to the fourth there's floor. There's a or whole the, other set. There's an elevator even. Did <laughs> really? you know that? Yeah. Right. And there's oh, an elevator. Good. Yeah, so yeah. You have to walk up all four flights of stairs so you can take the elevator. Okay, yeah, so it's yeah. not like a requirement that I'm out of breath by the time I get there to <laughs> No, help. so most people have just been conditioned <laughs> to stop at three. Uh -huh. Now yeah. it's like soon they'll be able to, like go, to in fact, already, they can already go to four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Great. which is pretty awesome. All right, well, <laughs> can you tell us what the CMU Center for Resilience is? Yes, so it is a co-working laboratory for social entrepreneurs. Okay. What does that mean? Yes, <laughs> that would be the logical <laughs> follow-up. Yeah. So, well, I mean, so... Okay, so there's an indoor space and there's an outdoor space. Now, the center is kind of uh, comprised of both of those areas. The floor, fourth floor of CMU is going to look nothing like the third floor. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a large, open, uh, kind of contemporary office space. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's going to look quite different. Uh, yeah, we'll see, like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's oh, oh, yeah, that is, it doesn't look like it, you know, like the top of a castle should look. It's going to look a little uh, more like an office in there. But uh, mm -hmm. I'm very excited about it. It's going to be a beautiful space. Um, there are, you know, 25-ish mm, sit-stand desks and then some soft seating areas, three boardrooms, some little telephone booths. If you want to make a phone call, we're going to try and treat it a bit like a library up there. 
Um, and so there's space for people who want to work at or experiment with, that's what we call a lab, uh, experiment with um, uh, solutions to social and ecological challenges. So that's, that's the idea. Uh, and like I said, there's an indoor space and an outdoor space now, right? So that west parcel of land uh, between the farm and Grant Avenue is, uh, is actually going to be uh, sort of like an outdoor lab where we're going to have two uh, passive solar greenhouses, a composting facility, and we hope also an outdoor classroom. So, um, so wow. those are, that's a lot. Like those are, th those are, that's, that's, you know, th we, I can end up interacting with as many as, I mean, who knows, 30, 40 organizations. I mean, if we got really packed in there one day, right, which are all doing different things. So, um, so that's, that's the idea. Now, the, the other piece of it is that there's going to be opportunities for students to plug into, uh, to plug into these organizations in ways that help them deal with some of these problems they're obsessed with, right. um, in a good way. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe not, I don't know, it's unhealthy, but, um, <laughs> no, uh, but the, the, uh, the, the, the problem, I mean, they're all tackling a particular issue, right? So, so the idea is that a student can come in, um, receive a, a project as they would in a practicum setting, for instance, uh, and, and tackle that project along with the organization, uh, try to deal with it over the course of, of, say, 12 weeks in a practicum setting. I'm also trying to, to get a new course uh, uh, designed that would uh, enable a, a particular kind of interface with the center so that um, it will become more familiar to students as time goes on. Wow. Okay, mm -hmm. what sort of um, organizations are you talking about? Can you give us some examples so mm -hmm. that we have a sense of who's going to be up there? Yes. Um, okay, so we, we actually have two... Already, we have two uh, entrepreneurs and residents uh, uh, doing their work on campus on the north on the north campus, right on the north north side of Shaftesbury. They're in my old office, which is C three sixty three. You can go in there and say hello to them at any time. Um, and one organization is called Low Environmental Impact Technologies. Um, this is an appliance company. That new that's a new tech company. They don't actually build the technology. They are distributor of it. Distributor of it. Uh, they have eliminated the need uh, for uh, dish, uh, for sorry for um, they've eliminated the need for laundry detergent. Uh, they have an appliance that gets uh, plugged into the washer uh, and and uh, essentially uses ozone in a particular way to, to clean the, the clothes and that means that you don't have to go, go buying uh, uh, detergent anymore. The reason why that's novel, uh, well there are a couple of reasons. I mean of course you can apply that in, a, in an urban setting. Anybody's washer can have one of these things on it but uh, particularly in the north where Tide, well never mind f like food costs you know, bundles and bundles up there, right? Uh, but, uh, but, but if you were to buy Tide or some kind of a uh, detergent off the shelf, it would cost uh, much, much more than it does down here, right? Mm -hmm. so, so this is a way, so he's doing a lot of work actually up north trying to get these appliances installed uh, on washing machines to eliminate the need for detergent and then also bring the cost of living down for folks who live up north. So that's just one example. There's, al there's also a home care company that has recently uh, taken root uh, on, on the North uh, Campus as well. Uh, they're already there. Um, they have a particular need. They're growing very rapidly, um, partly because the way, I mean, um, there, there, has, there have been reductions in social services, right? In some, in, in some uh, areas uh, of healthcare, home care is one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and the flip side of that, though, is that there are a, a number of, of uh, private organizations, uh, businesses, social enterprises that are, are needed all right, right, to deliver uh, home care services. So this is one of them, and that's why they're growing so rapidly, for better or for worse. Uh, and that means that they need help. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they don't. I mean, they, they came in and said, "Hey, like we're uh, we need a lot of assistance with uh, 
to manage this growth? Um, you know, what do you have? Do you have a student? Do you have somebody? What do you know? Can you help us? You know, sort of the what, what happened there. Um, so I'm looking forward to find finding ways of, of helping them out um, as time goes forward. There may be, you know, right now, for instance, they're dispatching people with phones and they're tech. They're 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 um, they're checking in with text messages. Um, there are probably a range of software options that could help them um, mm. that they don't have time to, to research right now. So can we get a student working on a problem like that? You know, evaluate which kinds of software might make sense. Those are two. I mean, there's also Compost Winnipeg that's uh, agreed to come in here, uh, or at least is, is considering how they might put their one one part of their operation on campus here mm-hmm. um, we could talk about that um, uh, you know and, and, and perhaps a dozen more so those are just the two mm-hmm. that are actually already working on campus and then we have uh, others that will take root uh, pretty shortly and uh, it says I'm reading your there's like a story in the stories mm-hmm. part of the CMU website yeah. um, talking about partnering with the metanoia farmers maybe that's an mm-hmm. example that people here really really know like the farm back Mm-hmm. right behind north um how how do you see like these working together yeah for yeah so w- one of the ideas of having these folks in a single space whether it's on the in the uh, indoor lab context or in the outdoor lab context is to have them uh help one another out right mm-hmm. um in the outdoor context um so we'll have now the metanoia farmers um have had sort of an ad hoc arrangement with cmu for for some time um, going forward, I mean, it, it might still be somewhat unique because they were one of the first, I guess you could, you know, social enterprises uh, uh, in residence here already, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the nature of that relationship, you know, probably won't change too much, but it might become a little bit more um, structured in a particular way, right? Because we're working at what kinds of structures different organizations might need to interface with CMU. So I'm trying to set up something that's fairly standard for each organization. So, so how how might they interface with other organizations? Well, I- if you you think about um, where they're located, so so they're on the west parcel of land already. Next door to them, very soon, we hope, if if all the f- you know stars align, the fun the funding mm-hmm. comes through, uh, we'll have two passive solar greenhouses and gardens Manitoba on campus, right? Then next to them, we'll have Compost Winnipeg uh, uh, on campus. We've designed, we've already done some design work for the outdoor uh, uh, lab area there. Uh, now, Compost Winnipeg will be receiving uh, um, greens and browns that will enable them to uh, to create really good soil. So you, you, I could see an, uh, easily see an arrangement where they could start providing uh, a soil to, to the Metanoia farmers, right? Mm-hmm. And then next to them, you'll have folks who have agreed to, so we're going to have two of those passive solar greenhouses. One of them will, will be for the use exclusively of Gardens Manitoba. The other one will be for the use of Metanoia farmers. So they are being aided, they're being assisted in, in, in a way by the presence of Gardens Manitoba. And in that way, they can do some of their seed starts a little bit, um, we hope, earlier, or if not earlier, then uh, 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 more cheaply, perhaps, mm-hmm. more more cost-effectively than, than, uh, than at present. So those are some of the ways that um, we're building a little sort of ecosystem um, on on campus there. All right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, can I just ask, how did this? Can you tell us a little bit of how it came about? I see here it's <laughs> it's a one point seven million dollar like mm-hmm. thing um, or undertaking. At least, yeah. At least, <laughs> right? How does why here and why you? <laughs> this is not a question for me. No, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think I'm it joking. is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Why am I here? Um, <laughs> no. Uh, well, okay. So, I guess. Uh, Early on, um, so I started teaching, as you said, you know, political studies um, and uh, economics here 
a few years ago and I think it's almost was it four or five years ago now and um, shortly after I started here we started brainstorming very uh, casually about what we might do on the fourth floor um, and you know instructors were giving a range of ideas and uh, I, I do rem I think we only had one or two conversations like this um, but you know I got it in my mind that it would be really fun to have some kind of like an invasion space up there as much as people love and hate the, the, the term innovation <laughs> but uh, uh, we can get into the academics of that sometime or the the, the, the etymology of that but anyway um, the um, you know I guess I guess in some respects um, perhaps that was an idea that was in the minds of, of others and, and and there was an alignment there um, the other thing though was that um, you know there was an opportunity that was identified for that particular grant mm -hmm. uh, and um, the timing was right um, you know and uh, um, yeah I think it was a matter of timing and and the alignment of interests and ideas uh, and I have continued to massage uh, the way we talk about you know um, innovation and, and, and change making as you, as you might know right I'm not I'm not personally interested just in all these innovation spaces are designed to grow businesses really really quickly it's like it's sort of like a they, they almost embrace the rhetoric of like a fitness center or something it's like let's get get you know get really <laughs> jacked really quickly and then we'll, we'll, we'll make lots of money um, I, you know uh, some of the approaches that are embraced by these innovation sp spaces are, are quite interesting to me and and I, I would like to take those uh, those ideas and apply them to a range of different uh, organizations and businesses, enterprises, um, particularly ones that want to create some kind of a social ecological uh, good for society, as opposed mm -hmm. to uh, simply, you know, simply make money. So it's it's so it's taking that sort of that uh, you know lab kind of approach and then applying it to something a little bit different. Um, and of course, there are other social innovation spaces that that exist out there. I mean, Toronto's got one. There, are, you know, every city's probably probably got one or two. There's one that's being built. Uh, for Red River College right now, and I, I've actually interacted with them a fair bit on, on their uh, process. Um, but, uh, but you know, this is unique, um, I would say, in Manitoba um, uh, for a couple of different reasons. I mean, one is that we actually have this outdoor space to work with. One organization I didn't talk about was um, was a shipping container housing initiative. There are actually two housing initiatives that are interested in, uh, in, in uh, being a part of this initiative partly because we have access to space on the grounds of CMU mm -hmm. where they can actually test, you know, they can take a design and, you know, put it up on campus here, uh, test it, get people to walk through it. Um, and, uh, and I should mention that both of these housing initiatives, I mean, one is more ecologically focused. This other one uh, wants to uh, plug into a nonprofit that is a gang exit strategy, that has mm -hmm. a, a gang exit strategy. Mm -hmm. So they're thinking, how can we get folks who have been incarcerated to do some, uh, to, to get out of that, that, that repetitive pattern and, and b both you know, live within these structures and also, uh, also build them? Uh, and so now I've got I've got like a little shipping container model in my office because I go <laughs> to all these meetings about you know uh, when we think about how to uh, how to create shipping container structures. So anyway, so there you know so why? Well, uh, the stars aligned, and then another reason though is that you know CMU does have something unique to offer mm -hmm. here. Uh, one of those features is that you know we have some space on campus to for these folks to plug in, and we're going to have this really gorgeous uh, fourth floor space. I'm really looking forward to. You know, showing it off if and when it well, it, it's going to be ready very <laughs> soon. Actually, it's supposed to be it was supposed to be ready uh, in the spring, but it's going to be ready uh, a little bit sooner than that. I think it can oh, be ready <laughs> within the next few weeks. Actually, so wow. yeah, so you'll be up there sooner than later. I'm sure. All right. Well, that's very exciting. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And it's really uh, now that you've explained it, I think the word hub makes more sense to me. Um, <laughs> 
it's used a lot lately and it's kind of like this buzzword that everyone's talking about the hub that's being created and i <laughs> hope that we have Lab, given hub, in innovation <laughs> space uh, incubator uh, what else <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. right but i hope that now uh, if you've been listening that this gives <laughs> a commentary or clarification <laughs> on what a hub might be or what innovation might mean or social enterprise um, these are obviously exciting things and I, I hope that we can really embrace this new space and use it and learn from it um, and I'm excited to see it myself so I would encourage everyone listening to also learn more about it and and go up there and visit it once it opens and see see what CMU is doing for us as well. It will be soon, and I will make sure make a lot of noise about it when that happens. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so absolutely, yeah, we'll get people up there for sure. All right, <laughs> great. Well, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. So, after last week's episode about parking issues, we opened up the floor to you for you to respond to our conversation and also to other comments that were made by other CMU students during that episode. Someone has left a wonderful note here on the Wittenberg door, right beside Shirley's desk, and we're going to read it out loud and give our response to it. So, dear Wittenberg Radio, I think an issue related to the parking problem that needs to be voiced is that of mobility challenges. As a resident student and someone with significant health problems, I have a need for a parking space close to res. There have been times when I have come back from doctor's appointments only to find there are no spots in the lot by the residence buildings, and I have had to park at north, and this is a challenge for me. However, there are also commuters I know who find it hard to make the walk from north to south. Would it be possible to evaluate the situation in a way which respects the decision CMU has already made while making accommodations for those who have legitimate physical considerations? Just a thought. Thanks for the great episode, A Concerned Student. So, uh, Claudia, what do you think of uh, think about this response? Well, um, first of all, thank you very much for responding. Um, that is exactly why we're here and why the Wittenberg Door exists, so that you can engage in, in things that happen on this campus and add things that you feel are important. Uh, in terms of what you have to say, it's incredibly important that this campus is accessible to everyone. And I think that the institution that is CMU would agree that, that everyone who is here is equal, and maybe that should be um yeah shown in in parking accessibility yeah uh, i don't think it's a f it's a far cry to make that happen um and and i hope that that is something that will be on the minds of people who make these decisions in the future we will be having andrew giesbrecht on the show uh in the upcoming weeks to reflect on this on these parking changes and maybe student involvement in them i will be sure to talk about accessibility with him uh, that is something that that we feel is very important and so thank you for bringing that to our attention if you have any further comments about the parking issues here on campus or even about today's topic, you can once again leave a comment on our Facebook page, our YouTube channel, or on our website. Or, like this concerned student, you can leave it right on the Wittenberg door, right beside Shirley's desk at South Campus. Thank you again for leaving your comments. So for my music pick of the week, I'm going to be picking a song from a artist right here on campus. His name is Dro Prox, and he is a wonderful hip-hop artist here on campus who is a lovely guy if you ever meet him in the hall, and he recently just released a new album called Shades just a couple months ago. The song that I'm going to be playing for you today is called Powder Blue, and it is a lovely hip-hop piece that is just as addictive as the rest of his album. So let us give a listen to Powder Blue right here on Wittenberg Radio. I 
once failed a class to break a superstition I always feel like my life would be weird to statisticians Microphone cords the greatest weakness of my life Mission connections missing could be the end of a non-denominational Christian Musical phrases explode in my mind like nuclear fission Yet I can't find time to make a call conversational friction I need to be the man I should be so hard to trade tradition Cut it off like incision but feel like no one heard the collision A car crash of my habit versus my intuition You think you get it, you got it wrong, it's no competition It's like my habits drunk on the highway and winter conditions It ain't stopping for nobody until life or death decision But I know one day God is gonna give me a vision Cause I know my flow is fine but I got more to give in addition My general manager liked my work so he gave out extension Next time I'll be complete in my being without an intervention I've seen people fall from heights that seem locked in position But I don't wanna be another one that just failed to glisten Another flow switching, another soul wishing Another day passed with people using verbal ammunition Switching another soul wish another day pass with people using verbal ammunition. What do I know? Every day seems the same. But I ever feel the truth. The words stay in my brain. Another list of stay powder blue. 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 That are vital, like how to make burritos or how to get a free subscription to title. It doesn't make sense blaming us for the way we were raised. Saying what we did was a phase, that's where my innocence lays. I just said, okay, until I could be alone again, cause I'm the only one who could truly empathize my pain. From stretching myself so thin that I can feel the muscles strain. Nursing myself as a curse, I might just go insane. Standing outside, the sunlight seems to feel like rain, but I keep my head up cause I don't want my life to be in vain. The mean problem's in a different lane, unless you say my name. Lane rappers sound the same, I'm breaking out, you looking tame. I came out of my shell, that's how it feels. I'm not my money, car, woman, and look don't make me real. I won't let these poses and chokers come and steal me. Cause I'm bigger than the empty words that ain't the real me. Don't try to reel me in, I'm a new man. Hitting 21 like a winner, as if that was the plan. At least that's how it seemed to you. At least you called me to chat and never asked for the truth. At least you never saw the scenes inside my head. Cause it looking like I'm hanging in invisible news. And I'm feeling like quicksand is boiling beneath my feet like a kettle. And it doesn't matter till I fall in. Feeling like quicksand is boiling beneath my feet like a kettle. And it doesn't matter till I fall in.
that brings an end to our episode. Thank you again very much for listening to Wittenberg Radio. If you have anything to say about today's topic, you can once again leave a comment on the Facebook page, the YouTube channel, or the website. Or if you want to go the classical uh, Protestant way, you can leave a comment right on our Wittenberg door, right beside Shirley's desk on South Campus. Do check out the Vesper service coming up this Sunday, 7 p.m., at the Laud Odd, and as well as other events. And make sure to uh, check out some of those sports games this weekend at the CMU uh, Lowen Athletic Center in the gym. Cheer on your Blazers, and if you're excited about dancing and would like to do that, there's the dance class on Friday happening in the chapel. My name is Kenji Dick. And I'm Claudia Duick. And we'll see you next week. Wittenberg Radio is a production of CMU Student Council. The views and opinions expressed by hosts and guests are not necessarily those of CMU Student Council.